On today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we discuss the science of losing weight, the factors that influence weight loss and how to control them permanently with Dr. Donald Vega. Here we go. of grilling as the accelerator in your car to put the engine of hunger up and think of leptin as the brakes of your car. Of course, you want a perfect balance where whenever you accelerate, you need to brake and then you have good brakes and you, know, you arrive safely home. But what happens when you sleep less than six hours? You have 28% more grilling, you have 18% less leptin and you have between 23 and 24 percent more hunger throughout the day okay that means that you have more acceleration than the brakes you have so you keep eating and you get cravings all day long because you are more inclined to do that We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azada here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you for pressing play today. We welcome back my friend, Dr. Donald Vega, who has been on the Keto Camp Podcast before, about a year ago where we discussed his backstory, how to fix your metabolism, reversing diabetes and metabolic syndrome. And that could be found on the podcast catalog, episode 418. We bring Dr. Vega back today to discuss his brand new book. And it's a fantastic book called The Science of Losing Weight. We're going to take a deep dive into why he wrote the book and the principles in the book that's going to make a big difference with your metabolic health and the health of your family and friends. So you got to learn this and share it with them. We'll discuss the three steps to reprogramming your subconscious mind, authority, intensity, repetition. We talk a lot about the inner work, the mental six pack, the inner sizing. This is so crucial. And I just love, love, love talking about this and this specific subject. We'll discuss the impact of food consumption on our conscious mind and subconscious mind, social influences and other unconscious patterns that you might not be aware of, but once you become aware, you can make a change. And we talk about different stories and analogies that make it really make sense for you. We discuss the circadian rhythm and how every hormone, every organ is in sync with nature, with mother nature. And you want to eat at a certain time. You want to make sure you are following the, the cues for 
your body and hormones and brain. So we'll talk about light exposure. We'll talk about vitamin D. We'll talk about how to get your hormones in sync with Mother Nature. We'll discuss the difference between natural light, artificial light, how this influences weight loss. Very, very important. Of course, we discuss insulin resistance and diabetes and the role of sleep and sleep deprivation when it comes to cortisol and glucose. We'll discuss the brain and how to reprogram it and how to make a a lasting impact on your health as we extract the golden nuggets from his book, The Science of Losing Weight. You could still get his book, The Science of Losing Weight, by going to the the notes down below in the podcast notes, um, and you could purchase it today. It's available in English and in Spanish. I was honored to write an excerpt for the book, and you can get it. It's available right now. Before I bring on Dr. Vega, let's get to today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from LRMI20, five-star review titled Fabulous. I've been fasting for a couple of years, and I'm always looking for helpful, updated information to help me on my journey. This podcast is fabulous, great information, and great guests. Thank you, LRMI20. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you are enjoying the show and the guests. Good job with your fasting. It is such an incredible tool. I appreciate you for pressing play and for taking the time to leave that rating and review. It really, really helps big time. If you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review, please do so right now. It really helps the show grow, helps us reach more people and change more lives. If you want to download my vegetable oil allergy card, this is the exact card that I show my servers at restaurants to avoid toxic seed oils at restaurants. You could use this as well. It shows the eight oils that you want to avoid. It shows that you're allergic and the better options. And every time I use it, it works like a charm. You could get it for free by heading over to seedoilcard.com or clicking the link in the podcast notes down below. You'll get a PDF delivered to your email as soon as you sign up for that. And you could just save that as an image on your phone and show that to your server to avoid those rancid seed oils. Okay, let's discuss the science of losing weight with Dr. Vega. Uh, Keep in mind, if you want to watch the video format of today's interview and any of our interviews, that's on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash keto camp. Dr. Donald Vega is a registered dietitian, strength and conditioning specialist, and lifestyle mentor based in Costa Rica with more than 24 years of experience in health education. He is the founder of Philosophy. He established his business with one vision in mind, reversing the metabolic disease through a fit, happy, and healthy society. They provide programs for overweight, diabetic, hypertensive, endurance and fitness patients. He is the only nutritionist with a natural perspective of food and a coaching system he created and perfected by himself about a series of biological strategies to improve the health of individuals. His vision is a world where food is acquired at the farmer's fair in the butchers and the use of processed foods is forever eliminated. It's quite the worthy ideal. Here is Dr. Vega. Dr. Donald Vega. Hermano, welcome back to the show, my friend. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Um, it's great to be back here, and thank you for the invitation. Really honored. Thank you for coming back. Uh, if you, if you, um, for those who listen to the show on a regular basis, you might have heard episode the first episode we did together, which was a little over a year ago. Actually, no, a little less than a year ago because it was after Keto Salt Lake and... Um, I think May, so a little less than a year ago, where we talked about 
your backstory, which is super fascinating, going from conventional to more of a functional approach and all the cool things you're doing in Costa Rica. We talked about diabetes and different exercises for more insulin sensitivity. It was an incredible episode. So if you didn't listen to that one, we'll link it down below. You're back today because you have a a new book that is uh, available right now. For those who are watching and listening, the book is available right now. And it's called The Science of Losing Weight. And you actually, for those on YouTube, hold up the cover. I know it's in Spanish, but hold it up for those on YouTube. Yeah, this is the, how the book will look like. This is in Spanish, of course, but it is available already on Amazon in the English version. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, it's a phenomenal book. Either if you're a practitioner like I am, uh, you're going to love the book. If you are somebody who just wants to learn more, whether you have been studying for years or you're brand new to this field of keto fasting, et cetera, you're going to love the book. And Donald asked me, and I was really gracious enough, I was really blessed, I should say honored, to write uh, like an excerpt for your book. And the book has a lot of great endorsements. It's uh, The foreword is written by Dr. Ken Berry, which my audience loves and adores. And let's dive into the book. I have a lot of questions for you. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's go for it. Okay. So the book focuses on a lot of different areas of health. Um, Fundamentals. These are so important because health is never just one thing. It's not just do keto, you're good to go. It's a a multitude of different factors. So your book has a different chapter for every every different factor, every different lifestyle behavior. My favorite, of course, is the chapter all about the power of thought. We talk a lot about our passion and love for this guy, Bob Proctor, and what he did for, for us and our journey. And I love that you wrote an entire chapter. So let's dive right into that. You really break it down into three different areas, authority, intensity, and repetition. So if you could unpack those three different areas, let's dive right in. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a reason why I started the book with, well, at least after the story of why we got to the point where we are getting sick, you know? the 88% metabolic disease uh, statistic that we have already in in the U.S. After I describe a little bit on the story of how grains and, and, you know, um, vegetable uh, oils came to our lives, then I moved to the practice of this because this book is about how we treat people in the clinic. So, Before the pandemic, we used to have a classroom where I would teach people like four and a half hours of information to give them the base and the ground for them to make the changes long term, which is uh, in part due to education and, of course, the follow up. But since 80 percent or more is. Uh, mental and the rest is only mechanic, then I couldn't start the book with another chapter than the mind and how the mind works. Because many people suffer from uh, self-sabotage. And if you start something and you end up self-sabotaging, you will never end up with a good result. So I go back to the, the fundamentals of a paradigm, which is what directs our decisions at a subconscious level. And that's due to three different ingredients. Uh, Authority, which is a message coming from somebody that you admire, or at least in a development phase in your life when you didn't have enough 
elements to make a decision when somebody who's an authority could be your mother, your father, uh, a teacher, a priest, uh, a doctor, uh, you know, anyone that you consider a, an authority and they come to you with a message and you don't have any reference point for that message, you end up assuming that that's the truth. Okay, so the first one is authority. The second one is intensity. And that's when the message comes with a, an emotional impact that immediately goes into the subconscious. And I can briefly go into what is the subconscious mind. So we have two different areas in the mind. And of course, there's this diagram uh, that we don't have right here, but it helps to understand with the picture how the mind is. So try to imagine a circle that is your mind. In the middle of the circle, you will draw a line. In the upper part of the circle, you will put the conscious mind. That's how you focus every day with, with your energy and you focus on this on decisions. Okay, that's the conscious mind. The subconscious mind, the lower part of the circle, is where you have all your concepts of how life works. So you don't have to be making decisions every day when you are facing reality because it could it could be you know a disaster if you needed to make a decision for everything you do. So yeah, you you would like you you would short circuit you would short circuit the whole mind. Exactly. You wouldn't be able to just do it quickly. You, you don't have to stop and make a decision. You know, you just go this path because that's the easiest way. Because you already know that that's the easiest way or the right way. This quote unquote. But there's a problem. If that authority give, gave you the message with intensity and the authority is wrong, then you are getting a bad map of reality. And, you know, things are not going to go well. The third ingredient is repetition. So every time, and this, by the way, any of these three ingredients could go by themselves and create an emotional impact in a at a subconscious level. So it could create a paradigm. Authority, a message with intensity, they tell you something is good or bad or it makes you feel good or bad. And the third one is repetition. So you receive that message repetitively during um, you know, a piece of time. So let me give you an example of how you could be impacted for the rest of your life. You can come maybe walking as you were a baby or, or, or a child and, you know, there's a dog that comes to you and bites you. One event, no authority, no yes intensity and no repetition, just one time. So you get an emotional imprintment in your subconscious mind that dogs are dangerous because you had that only experience. And that makes you every time in the future that you are faced with a dog, then you will go away running because the only impression that you have is that dogs are dangerous. Of course, that could be just one event, but we know that dogs are not necessarily dangerous. They could be the best friend. So the problem is that when you have this map of reality that is not consistent with your goals, then you need to stop, evaluate what are your beliefs, and then start to change them at a subconscious level, which is what is directing your conscious decisions. So, for example, if 
you know, we are in a in the low carb community, and when you eat low carb, you eat a not a lot, but sometimes a lot, but not necessarily, but sometimes a little bit more fat than normal. And if you grew up with the paradigm that doctors, authority, intensity, if you eat fat, you're going to die from your heart or from a heart attack. And repetition, we have been hearing this message for the last 70 years, then you have a very strong paradigm about reality. And whenever you start doing, let's say you want to change your life and you want to change your habits because you have a seven-year-old son and you are overweight, your knees hurt, and you want to be with him maybe on a bicycle ride every weekend, but you can't do that because you are overweight and your knees are hurting. Okay, so you decide you want to change. Whenever you start doing this, even though you're losing the weight and you're feeling better and your aches and pains are going away, immediately when the the actions that you're taking, in this case, you're doing a low carb, which is not the only, by the way, thing you should do. You should change your whole lifestyle. But in this case, you're you're eating more, a little more fat just to get satiety, which is the real reason why you eat fat at the end. And you start, you know, seeing this fat and the subconscious immediately turns on, turns off the alarms that this is dangerous. And even though you're losing the weight and your aches pains are going away, this is dangerous and you're going to die from a heart attack at a subconscious level. When anything that you're faced with is painful, even though you are achieving uh, pleasure, in this case, you know, getting rid of the pains and aches to ride your bicycle with your son during the weekends, the system is designed to deviate you from the set goal, This, in this case, losing the weight, because going through the path to take you to the goal is dangerous, is painful, but it is not necessarily the truth, but is what you think is the truth through a paradigm. Authority, intensity, repetition. Fat is bad and you're gonna die from a heart attack if you eat fat. So at the end, people start to self-sabotage and they don't understand why they do that. And they do that through many, many different ways. Let's say somebody from their circle of influence comes back and tell them, are you doing that? I have heard like 120,000 people that, you know, die from doing low carb and they start to listen. And, you know, they receive this information and they get, give themselves permission to stop it because somebody else is telling them that it is a, a bad thing, which is consistent with their inner belief. So that's the power of a paradigm. What do we do then? We need to work on changing our paradigms. Is it easy? Not necessarily, but there is a way we can do that. When we use three different ingredients, which ones are they? Authority, intensity, and repetition. Authority is going to be the authority in your life from now on if you want to change. And you haven't been able to with the prior set of information that you used to have. Well, yourself. You're going to be the authority. So you decide, this is my process. I'm going to take charge of this, and I'm not going to stop until I finish what I started. That's the, the first one. Intensity, 
is that we need to go through one of the ways that we know we can influence our subconscious mind, which is using visualization, creative visualization, where to put it in a simple way, you find yourself at the end of the process where you finally lifted your hands in, in, in triumph and you see yourself as if you were already, already there. And you feel the sensations. And we also, I also use this, by the way, which is a triggering device. It's a rubber band. You know, there's a program way that you can start to imprint not only through visualization, but also through physical impulses. It is called neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, you know, my, many people might get scared, like, am I going to be hypnotized or something? No, no, it's nothing like that. It's something that really works when you use it in, in, in a good way. It's a powerful tool. And then with the visualization at the same time where you start to release the trigger, then your system starts to get information. And all of a sudden, this, this cloudy part of the subconscious mind, which is what is not working for you, starts to get smaller and smaller and be substituted by the big one, the one that you are creating. And all of a sudden, it takes full possession of the subconscious mind. And that's when you experience, in chemistry, it is called a uh, quantum leap. You immediately experience a change. And the third one is repetition. Repetition is when you fall in love with, with an idea, you can't stop thinking about. So you start to force yourself because of course we need momentum that you don't have at this point in time when you're starting the process, but bringing this or, or building this momentum is through doing these visualizations in the morning as soon as you wake up because at that specific time there's a transition from the subconscious to the conscious mind when whenever you, you know, lights come up and you, you were sleeping, you're not sleeping anymore, but there's a, they have identified that at that specific time you can imprint easier on your subconscious mind. The second one is whenever you are going to sleep, the last thing that you fall asleep with in your mind is this visualization of the process already finished. And the third one, which can be the fourth, the fifth, and the hundredth time is any other time during the day that you can stop and think about that as if you already had that. But you need to imprint emotions because remember authority, intensity, and repetition. The emotional part, which is the subconscious mind, that's where you need to put more of your energy. You need to feel, you need to hear the experience. You need to talk about it in your mind as if you were already there. And, you know, many people might say, that's childish. This is not going to work. But, you know, probably that's the reason why they haven't experienced change. Because that's this is a system that is, this is not Donald Vega telling people, you should do this. I have a lot of books in, in the back of my, here in my library, where that's the base of all the matter. Everything starts with the mind and... The conscious mind is a deductive, the deductive part, which, you know, you can be deceived by your conscious mind, but because when you, whenever you see something out there and you think that the results are 
out there are the reality, which probably is, of course, the deductive mind tells you this is how it is, so this is how it should keep being or, or, or it should be going. The same way as it is outside, this is the pattern that is going to keep happening for me. That inductive mind is the creative mind. So whenever you imprint information into your subconscious mind, and you have successfully imprinted that through repetition, then the inductive mind starts to look for reality to see where there are coincidences with your idea and starts to lead you that way. So the difference between the deductive and the inductive mind, deductive is this is how it is, so this is how it should keep happening for me. The inductive mind, which is the creative mind and the subconscious mind is, this is the set goal, okay, go out and see how you can do it. And there's actually this area in our mind, it's called the reticular activating system, which is like an antenna that opens up whenever you have a focus on something, and then all of a sudden you start to see things that were not there before no they were there before all the time but now you are in tune with that so change becomes easier so self-sabotage becomes a uh, you put difficulties to self-sabotage whenever you have a different printing in your subconscious mind because now you have a different goal and reality tends to happen from here to the outside it's not from the outside to the inside if you look at the outside to the inside, then you get in the trap of, if you let the outside from in to get into the inside, then the inside is going to keep reproducing whatever you have in the outside. So there's no way to change. Oh, so good. Uh, you know, for those who are watching and listening and you're like, how come you're not talking about keto yet? Well, this is more important than keto. And I, I really hope those listening and watching, like, soaked all that in because this is the framework. This is the fundamental piece to getting better results on keto fasting. I don't care what it is. It's not woo-woo. There's science to back it up. These are universal laws. You might not believe in gravity. You might think gravity is a whole bunch of BS and it's woo-woo and it's silly and it's just made up. You know, what happens if you jump off a building, even if you don't believe in gravity, you'll see that it exists. This is a fact. So when you talk about the subconscious mind, and this um, intuitive mind versus the rational mind, right? The subconscious is that intuitive mind, and then the ra rational mind is that conscious mind. It reminds me of that Einstein quote where he said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And that's exactly what we were talking about. And Bob Proctor always shows that slide, and you know he's passed on now, but he used to always show that slide, of a baby. When a baby is born, that subconscious mind is wide open. It is totally uh, deductive, right? That's what it is. Getting, receiving, accepting everything. And then fast forward, you're 50 years old, you're 70 years old, and you're still like that baby, just letting everything into your subconscious mind, not having the awareness to accept something or reject something. So it starts with those three steps, which is the authority, the intensity, and then the repetition. And Donald, I'd love to share a little bit about like how, how this worked for me in the past. With um, I, I had a, a, a behavior that I knew consciously I wanted to change. And that behavior was every time that I got into my car, I would listen to music. And the behavior that I wanted to change was I wanted to listen to an audiobook or a podcast. I wanted to use that time driving only for educational purposes. So I knew that 
consciously. I was the authority. I was telling myself, you're going to make this change, right? But then the first time I get into my car, me not being aware of what I'm doing, I'm just going through the motions there. I automatically play music and I'm driving and then I'm like 15 minutes in and then I stop myself consciously and I'm like, oh, you told yourself you were going to actually listen to a book, not listen to music. So then I would stop the music, put on the audio book and something happened weeks in where finally I get into the car and the first thing I do is I open up Audible and listen to a book versus listening to music. So it's exactly what you're explaining here. It's the repetition, it's the authority, the the intensity that, that happened for me. And you're saying we could do this in any area of our life, essentially. Yeah, Tony Robbins says that change doesn't take that long. Actually, change happens immediately, and that is the point where you move from a set belief to a new set belief, but that that happens instantly. And it takes time to change it, but the moment of change happens instantly. And if you allow me to give you, or maybe the audience, a different example of how it works, conscious versus subconscious mind. If I want to go to your house and I am in Miami and you tell me your address, I put it on Waze, right? So Waze is, are you familiar with Waze? Is that a, yes, that it's, a, it's like a, a, it's like a Google Maps okay, that right. helps GPS yeah, for those Maps who don't know, but I think everybody knows. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you live in a specific building. So I put the name of the building. And that's where you are located. So I just put go and the system will, you know, will guide me to go there. So in this example, I decide where I want to go. At a subconscious level, there's a whole system that will make sure that I get there, right? But what happens if I deviate from the set goal, your building, and start going to the right-hand side in many in many streets, it will keep telling you, no, this is not the right way. You have to go to this place. So let's say this place, your building is being overweight and you want to go to another place, which is located a couple of miles away, which is being fit, right? What happens if you turn on your car, put on the gear, Put the system go to, in this case, you want consciously go to the building that is a couple of miles away from yours, but the system internally is set to go to your house or your building, which is being overweight because this is my self-image. This is how I am. This is my where I feel comfortable. Not necessarily I like it, but I feel comfortable, and this is how I am. And I'll tell you about uh, briefly about experiment they did, they wanted to understand how people would feel their dimensions of their bodies. So they put a chair on the right, a chair on the left, and they would, you know, set the chairs in order to fit the person's body to the side. So that's how wide they were in reality. Whenever they lost weight and they would ask them, Could you please put these two chairs in the place where you feel your dimensions are at this moment? They were now not skinny, but they lost weight. They would put the chairs exactly at the same place where they used to put them when they were fat. Meaning that 
these people were going to gain their way back because internally they had a, a self-image consistent with being overweight. So in going back to the example, if I consciously, but I haven't put in the, in the coordinates to go to, uh, or the, the coordinates are set to go to your building, but I consciously want to go to the other side, two miles away from your building, and I start moving and I go, but all of a sudden I know I want to go to the other place, the system's going to keep telling me this is not the set address. You need to turn left to go back to Ben's house. Even though I want to go there, the system keeps telling me and the voice, uh, turn left, turn left, turn left. So, yeah. eventually, so eat, eat ice cream, exactly. uh, go drink that beer, go, go hang and out and eat, eat pizza with your friends, all that doing stuff. What, whatever you were doing because the suggestions coming from the outside are too loud and will lead you to go to your house, which is the set coordinates, not the, the place I want to go, but the one I have inside. So it's basically how it works. Great analogy. And that's exactly what's happening. So the chapter dives deeper into, okay, now that we understand this is happening, how do we make that change? And you kind of explain a little bit, visualization, repetition, authority, and all that. The chapter dives even deeper. So go read the book and you'll learn more about that. Let's transition now to a different topic, unless there's anything else you wanted to say about this topic. So, by the way, I give a lot of examples of patients that have gone through a, a change, but previously to doing this and understand the power of the mind, they would simply not finish what they started or they would start many times over because they, they were not able to achieve their goals. So I, I give an example of a lady who did uh, 14 attempts prior to our program where she failed. And I'll, I'll let the reader see the story in the book. It's always about course correct, right? Price Pritchard in that book, You Squared, said rockets fail their way to the moon. They have the target, they launch for that goal, and they go off track, but then they're aware of it, and they course correct, course correct, course correct, and they land on that moon, they land on that target, right? So that's exactly it. But the thing is having the awareness and then reprogramming that subconscious mind. So the chapter talks all about that. I love that. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted? If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? This may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, 
but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and... $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. You have a lot of great chapters and we don't have enough time to cover all of them, but one that is um, one of my favorite ones is the one on sleep cycles and the circadian rhythm. And I guess that ties into like sunlight too, which you have a chapter on that. But the reason this is very fascinating to me is because uh, I have one of, one of my health coaches on, our, on my team, the Keto Camp team, Coach Becky, uh, she's all about the circadian rhythm. She's actually going to do a, a masterclass on Saturday with our students all about this. And I'm just finished up Dr. Sachin Panda's book, The Circadian Diabetes Code. And Oh, yeah. You've, you've read it too? Yeah, I have it here. Yeah, yeah. Such a great book. And the suprachiasmatic nucleus and just how that works, that internal clock. And you talk about this in the book. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about, maybe we could combine both chapters like sleep cycles and sunlight, how, why that's important, some of the main principles in the book that you address. Okay, yeah, well, the suprachiasmatic nucleus uh, is a, an area in the brain located behind your eyes. Well, actually, behind the, the part of your brain that sees, you know, and we are completely wired to tell the time because of sunlight or absence of sunlight. So when you wake up and you have access to the early hours of light, the sun is releasing a lot of uh, blue light. And when this blue light comes into your eyes in a place called melanopsin, it triggers the release of some neurotransmitters. Among them, melatonin, which is the one that will lead you to going asleep. And it is interesting because you produce it during the morning in these early hours, and you use it later at night. And also you produce uh, endorphins in your eyes through the light in the melanopsin. So that starts to synchronize your system telling you this is morning time, this is the time to get busy and do physical exercise. You know, according to evolution, that's the time of the day where we would go out and hunt. So you Go, wake up, hunt, and then feast, 
then talk, and then sleep. Basically, that's the, the, the perfect cycle. And that's the reason why, because of light, that you see a rhythm in cortisol that starts to go up whenever you see the first hours of the morning and the light. And accordingly, your glucose starts to go up as well. That's one of the reasons why we don't use fasting glucose anymore as a valid test because there's the dawn effect where you experience an elevation of glucose due to the elevation of cortisol, which is completely normal. And when you are measuring yourself with a CGM, for example, you can see the patterns throughout the day. And you have this small elevation in the morning that somebody goes out and does the fasting blood glucose and they say, oh, 110. Oh, I'm pre-diabetic. -pre I need to take forming. But you see the trend after that and other days, you can see a pattern. It goes up and then comes down. And it is due to the light. So you program yourself for sleep because of the early hours in the morning. And of course, when you, whenever you have exposure to sunlight, you produce a vitamin D, which, by the way, a recent study showed that to gain muscle mass, it's completely necessary the normal amount of vitamin D, and that's 25-OH uh, vitamin D, the one that it's measured in the blood. So the study showed, the study showed um, you need uh, adequate amount of vitamin D because it's a steroid hormone to build muscle mass. Yeah, and the contrary part would be if you avoid sunlight for whatever reason, then you are more inclined to lose muscle mass because of that missing part. And, and uh, Donald, and not only that, let's say they are getting sun, they live in Miami, but they eat a high-carbohydrate diet. Insulin blocks the production of vitamin D because that could also happen too. Yeah, and not only that, since vitamin D is an antioxidant and you get highly oxidized due to the consumption of a lot of ultra-processed carbohydrates, then you are using your fire hose with the carbohydrates instead of getting you know, this vitamin, getting the processes to lower other general inflammation. So yeah, you start to overuse this vitamin D. And so at the end, whenever you are taking a good cycle, light cycle, you get up in the morning and then you expose yourself. They say that you should look directly into the sun for at least 10 seconds. That will make sure that you get the signal and then after that, you expose yourself, depending on the, the color of your skin. It could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 15 minutes. If you are a black person, then you need more time. If you are uh, somebody who's over 60 years old, you need twice the time that you would need when you, when you were younger with the same color of skin because your receptors are less in your skin, so you need more exposure. And that, that not necessarily means they're going to have uh, skin cancer. So I go in the book uh, through the kinds of uh, UV rays and when you should expose yourself and when not to expose yourself. And at the end, this completely correlates with sleep. So here's a big thing that you didn't get on your draft that I added a couple of weeks ago. And it is how you correlate bad sleep 
with eating more of the bad stuff, okay? And it is only a paragraph that I added, but it's very interesting. What they found is that when you sleep less than six hours, we have two different hormones. Well, we have a lot of hormones, of course, but in this case, the hunger hormone and the satiety hormone. The satiety hormone is called leptin and the hunger hormone is called ghrelin. So just to put it in, in as an example, think of ghrelin as the accelerator in your car to put the engine of hunger up and think of leptin as the brakes of your car. Of course, you want a perfect balance where whenever you accelerate, you need to brake and then you have good brakes and you know, you arrive safely home. But what happens when you sleep less than six hours? You have 28% more ghrelin, you have 18% less leptin, and you have between 23 and 24% more hunger throughout the day, okay? That means that you have more acceleration than the breaks you have. So you keep eating and you get cravings all day long because you are more inclined to do that. But not, not only this, this is the other part that they found. We have uh, the amygdala, which is completely correlated to emotions. And we have the prefrontal cortex, which is the one, the part that helps you to make good decisions. Okay. And I put it this way. I don't know if you remember the cartoons where you used to have a character and there was a, a little devil and a little angel yeah, of course. who helped yeah. the decisions. Okay. So I'll tell you what they found when when you sleep less than six hours. The devil's out there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, they put people on scan brain scans and they show them good food and bad food. And meaning bad food, ultra processed foods, sweets, candies, and you know, sugar beverages. And whenever they see good food, nothing happens in the brain, in the amygdala, which is emotionally attached response. But whenever they see junk food, the light starts to go crazy in the brain, in the amygdala, meaning that there's a lot of activation to move you forward towards that kinds of food. So did that, did that only happen with those who were sleep deprived versus those who got quality sleep, sleep? Sleep deprived. But the ones who got quality sleep didn't see that same activity is what you're saying. They, they did not see that. Ah. But what they, what they saw in the prefrontal cortex is that the angel, with this analogy, the angel that is gonna make you, you know, consider that I have conscious that this is not a good idea, would completely dis disappear. And the devil would say there, go eat that, go eat that, go eat that. So not only you are more hungry and you have less of the hormone that tells you stop eating, you had enough. Not only that, you have more ghrelin, which makes you more hungry for the bad stuff. And it is, this is incredible. That is so that's so it's essentially taking blood flow away from the prefrontal cortex, delivering it to that amygdala. The same thing happens. I remember when I interviewed Dr. Bruce Lipton, he says the same thing happens when you uh, consume high fructose corn syrup and when you live in a fearful state. You activate the amygdala and that angel in the prefrontal cortex gets uh, kind of silenced. That's so fascinating. Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And so I always tell people, you could be on the perfect eating plan doing keto or low carb, but what happens if you're sleep deprived? 
and you don't have the slightest idea that this is affecting you, all of a sudden you could, you know, start pointing fingers to the person that gave me this program and this doesn't work. My friend, it works when you do it correctly. And how do you do it correctly? You put everything in context. That's why you have all these icons which represent the, the 10 keys of health that we promote. So it's not only doing a diet. In fact, I go heavily on, if you think that you're doing a diet, you're programming yourself for failure because when you think of a diet, which is completely associated with bad feelings, then you are taking yourself to self-sabotage. Because remember, whenever you do something that you don't like, that you consider as painful, even though it's taking you towards pleasure, the subconscious mind will get into the system and take you away from that path. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And another thing about the sleep component is what it does to your insulin and glucose and cortisol levels, which you touched upon, right? There was that study that showed just after seven days of five hours or less in healthy adult men, they had the blood sugar and insulin levels of a pre-diabetic, right? Just from that lack of sleep. It's that cortisol. It's all the things that are happening. You just feel miserable. And I get asked this a lot, Donald. I was just in Puerto Rico speaking at a, a business conference, but I was speaking on health and they asked me, where do you start, right? And of course, it's the mindset, but like in terms of like the other avenues, do you start with nutrition? Do you start with exercise? And I said, you start with sleep because you could go days without food. We've done that with fasting. You could go days without exercise. You just are sedentary. You cannot go days without sleep. You would turn into a, a crazy person. So you got to first fine tune to sleep. And you said, just getting morning sunlight. So the sunlight piece is important to get sleep that night up ahead because you're storing melatonin. So that's a good tip, right? Get morning sunlight, you'll get better sleep up ahead, right? Oh, you know, there was like a storm of thoughts that came to my mind. <laughs> I said a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Sleep over nutrition and exercise. The sunlight part. Yeah. It has been proven that when you take, you know, sunshine, your anxiety goes down. What makes people eat? Anxiety. When they are anxious, they start to crave for sweets and salty foods. So that's one part. The other one is when you're sleep deprived, you start your day with higher than normal, even though going through this dawn effect in the morning where you have experience of elevation of glucose. And if you go doing some exercise, especially weightlifting, you will have a spike of glucose, which is completely normal. No problem with that. But what happens if, if you wake up and you have higher levels of glucose just because you didn't have a good night's sleep? Then you immediately will start release insulin and that insulin will take this excess glucose out, but it might take the normal glucose out and putting you down on the level where you start with cravings. Mm -hmm. So you with go that, like close to being um, hypoglycemic, reactive, reactive exactly. hypoglycemia. And what happens if you eat a cereal for breakfast, which is, you know, and some orange juice, then you have another spike and you have put yourself on a roller coaster of glucose that goes up and down. That's the perfect formula for gaining weight. And, and not only the gaining weight, but developing insulin resistance. It's like, I, I used to, um, do you know the, the rock band called the killers? Have you ever heard of them before? 
I have heard of them. I can't relate to any of these songs. Yeah, it's, it's okay. You don't have to relate to their songs. But I, I bring that up because there was a time in my life where I used to travel a lot and watch the Killers. Like I've seen them many, many times. This is many, many years ago. So I used to go to a lot of concerts and I did not wear earplugs. So I was getting all this loud music blasting and I was losing my hearing. I was becoming deaf. And that's exactly what's happening with these high glucose spikes, insulin, you're losing the, the hearing for insulin and it's becoming resistant. I needed more, a louder sound and more music to get the same effect. You need more sugar and more carbs to get the same effect. That's what we're doing. We're going deaf from the screams of insulin. Right. So any component of your lifestyle that promotes insulin resistance is going to make matters worse. And you are practically rowing against the current and you think you're doing a lot but you're not really moving forward it is because you're going against the current what about if you move the canoe and go and start with the with the flow of the water and you know sometimes it's you know at just one or hour of sleep at the correct time because there's also a good time to go to sleep and a bad time to go to sleep and you know There's stimuli from food to change your eating patterns is only four to five percent in terms of the neurons in the brain associated to giving you the, the right behavior of eating. Just four to five percent comes from whatever you eat. Okay? So wait, wait, I don't understand yeah. that. So yes, so many people again? say that, let me put it in another way. Many people say that. You get fat because because of what you eat. Okay, that's you can say that that's correct. But is that the most important factor? And you said it before. No, I would say start improving your sleep. And this is how it works. Four to five percent of the neurons are impacted by whatever you eat in terms of your eating behavior. But what four, about light? Four to five, not forty-five, right? No, forty-five. Four, four to five percent. Okay, got it. Exactly. But what about sunlight? Or what about light in terms of the influence on your eating patterns and behaviors? What is it? That's 46% Damn. of neurons in your brain are stimulated by light. Interesting. By far, more than 10 times the influence of light over what you are eating is directing your eating behaviors. And what happens today? I don't know. I'm a big Formula One fan. And a couple of weeks ago, the new season came out on Netflix. And I only take one chapter every day if I have time. But what most people what do most people do? They binge on all the chapters. And I don't even know how many chapters there is in this season because I ha I haven't gone through the, you know, just to get instant gratification to see if I'm going to see them all in one single night. This kind of behavior is becoming very common. At the same time, people say the child, uh, they're experiencing being overweight because they are moving less, which is true. But at the same time, they are always now playing on screens during the night that have blue lights that stimulate the area in your brain that tells you this is daytime. And what do you do in daytime? And just to put it in perspective, 
you know, because that doesn't happen much here in, in, in the tropics, but it happens more in the United States or northern or southern countries in the, on the earth, where you have longer days during the summertime and you have shorter days during the wintertime. So the brain is programmed to, whenever you have more hours of light during the day, that means that you need to prepare yourself and accumulate energy in, in terms of fat being brought to your system because you need to prepare yourself because then the winter is coming. So you have, you know, having longer light days is a trigger to your system that you have to keep eating because you need to prepare yourself for winter time. Because otherwise, if you go hibernating and you don't have access to any of your inner energy, then you're going to die. You're going to starve to death. So this is not really complicated. It's just ancestral behaviors that I'm proposing in the book, which is our grandparents, many of us, used to do regularly as a lifestyle, but we lost, completely got lost in the track by Netflix or many other things, social media and many other things interrupting the cycles. Absolutely. It makes sense. The number one priority for the human body is survival. So these principles are all based off of what would the body need to do in order to survive? Well, in the summer, the we in our ancestors back in the day, they feasted. Why? Because that was a time of putting on body fat. That was a time for getting ready for the lean winter months where they typically did not have food, so they had to rely on their body fat. Thank God they produced ketones to survive. That's a survival mechanism, and they had to fast, etc. So it's all about survival. These are not new principles. I love that you're going back to the, the, root, the basics here. Yeah, and let me put it in another way. I practice five or seven day water fasts, water only fasts. I haven't done one in probably one year, three months, because the last one was on November 2021. And, you know, I just haven't found the moment to do it again because I, right now I'm in a, a muscle building phase when I, where I want to get to 100 kilograms, that's 220. I talk about that in the book. What are, where are you at right now? I'm at 94.7 Oh, kilograms. not too far away. Yeah, uh, I'm only uh, five point something away from it. And I'm going to make it because that's my goal. What do you have? So let me ask you, I know I don't want to get you off track. You're going to talk about fasting, but real quick, what, how much protein are you having to get that? Um, doing 200 grams a day. Got it. Okay. I ate eggs in the morning for breakfast. I have a 300 gram steak at lunch and at dinner, same thing. And if I didn't have enough protein during lunch or dinner, meaning instead of 300, it was like 200, I finished with, uh, not finished, sorry. Actually, at this time of the day, I would be having my shake, which is a powder protein with uh, stevia, completely natural, and a couple of raw eggs and put it on the blender with almond milk with no sugar and a couple of drops of stevia. Almond milk? Donald, you're going to make all your carnivore friends pissed off, man. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> do you do, are you doing creatine as well? 
Oh uh, yeah, I do creatine. Yeah, I do too. ten grams every day. Oh, ten grams! Damn, I got I, I've been doing like five to seven. I might need to do more. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm taking from what the evidence showed that it, it is a one gram for every 10, 10 kilograms of body weight that you have as a goal. Okay. Okay. So my, I want to be one hundred and eighty-five pounds. Okay, that's let me kilograms. Let me 83 kilograms is what okay, I wanted. Like eight, yeah, like eight grams of creatine. So eight, I mean, okay, so I've been having like five to seven, so I'm a, I just got to bump it up a bit. It's good to know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I completely can feel the difference. I feel more stronger. And Me too. By the way, I'm, all, I'm all, almost turning 48, and I can tell you I haven't been this strong and healthy ever in my life. Like every new year becomes a bigger, better experience. And, and I, you know, the problem that we have with social media is that many people become preachers of something that they don't practice. <laughs> no, please. Can, so true. You, you can wear makeup and you can show yourself on social media in a way that you are not. And I can tell you that's one of my primary ethic behaviors is being a practitioner of whatever I preach because I need to have the experience first so I can show it to people. Yeah. I love that about you. I a hundred percent agree. Live it to lead it is what I talk yeah, about all the time. Thank you. And that's the reason why um, the fasting experiment that I do, because I, I told you before that we have this uh, autoimmune protocol that we use, but I, I couldn't, put in use before I fasted for five to seven days, which is what we require from our patients. And I needed to have firsthand experience. I have already done I think seven, uh, five or seven day fasts, water only fasts. No, excuse me, five, five of them. And there's something very interesting that happens. And I was talking to our mutual friend, Robert Kiltz, because, uh, we were filming in January this, this year, uh, the Carnivore Reverse series. Uh, he told me that he wanted to do some fasting, and I told him, I have, I have fasted for five days before, so would you like some of my advice? And he said, yeah, of course, perfect. And then we did some live events with, their, with his community. And not, one of the things I told him was on the third day, excuse me, on the third night, you will feel that you can't sleep that well. And it's going to be worse on the fourth night and worse on the fifth night. Why that happens? Your body's starving and your system immediately starts to leave a signal, tell you a signal, okay, you need to wake up. Don't go to sleep. Go wake up and start looking for food. Okay? So it has to do with you know, being on a fast. If you take that information and put it around, that means that your primary goal is to be, you know, to have nutrients. And if you don't have nutrients, then the system is going to tell you, okay, you need to sleep less and look more for food. But what happens if you stay awake for longer because of your lifestyle, then the system interprets, okay, this is due to the need of 
getting some food because we need to survive. So, you know, just to elaborate on the point of what we're talking about. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And yeah, the same thing happened to me. I, I did my first five-day water fast 2018. And you're right. So the hunger was I, the high. I, I wasn't that hungry throughout, but day two, I probably had the most hunger. And then it kind of went away day three. But then my sleep also uh, sacrificed a little bit day three, four, and five, because to your point, my body was like, you need to go out there and hunt and kill. Let's raise these counter-regulatory hormones and let's get you uh, some, some food so you could survive. If you watch any of my videos on social media, you always see me with glasses on. And I always get the question, hey, why are you wearing those glasses? These are called blue light blocking glasses. And I wear them to protect my brain and my focus. You see, we are bombarded with stimulation, especially with junk light from your computer screen, your phone, fluorescent lights, and the brain has to filter that out. These glasses, what they do is they filter out those lights for you so your brain does not have to do the work. I equate this to having a web browser open with 100 tabs. If you had 100 tabs open on your computer, that computer is going to run slow. But if you were able to eliminate 99 of those 100 tabs, and now you just have one tab open, that computer will function better. This is the same thing with your brain. So there's different types of blue light blocking glasses. There are computer glasses that you would wear during the day when working with screens and under artificial light. There are light sensitivity glasses that you would also wear during the day with screens and artificial light. And then you have the blue light blocking glasses, which I wear at night, two to three hours before I go to bed, which promotes hormone health, helps your body produce melatonin, and aids in better sleep. My go-to is from Bon Charge. They have the science to back it up. They look super cool. The glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options. Glasses for every need. Bon Charge also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF slash 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep mask that I take with me when I travel all the time. The greatest thing about them, all backed up by science. They gave Keto Camp Podcast listeners a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do is head over to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout, no space in between, to get 15% off your entire order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code. Go check them out and let's get back to this episode. I noticed a few things. I, first of all, I was checking my glucose and ketones and I hit that uh, Dr. Thomas Seafried ratio of one-to-one -one glucose to ketone. So I, I was in this maximum autophagy on day three and I stayed there for a couple of days, which is great. But I noticed that, number one, I was very, very, very introverted. Uh, my fiance, well, she was my girlfriend at that time. We weren't engaged yet, but she would tell me like, why aren't you talking to me? Like, why are you not talking to anybody? Like, I was just like with my thoughts. I had like this GABA and I was just like very spiritual. And then the second thing I noticed is that I was getting pulsating lower back pain. And when I was younger, I used to always pull out my back and do deadlifts and pull it out. And for me, I was thinking, okay, this is probably like autophagy is healing that area. It's like this is a healing. And typically, I've seen that now when I take people through a long fast. They'll get pain in certain areas where they've had a surgery or something. And I think it's the autophagy healing that area. Have you noticed that too with any of your patients? Not pain, but I'll tell you why I started this. I started it after uh, 
a podcast Walter Longo did with Rhonda Patrick the first time because they did a second podcast. And he was saying that you heal your body whenever you are on a fasting state. Well, you heal it when you are in a building phase, whenever you are bringing your nutrients back after you pass that five-day window. Okay. And I had a, an injury on my, it was on my right shoulder because I was on tennis classes and the teacher got excited about throwing me a lot of balls <laughs> on a very short range of movement because he wanted me to force it. Like, you know, you're in the net and you need to move this quickly and, and easily. So I, I got a, an injury. I visited a, an orthopedic surgeon. He said, you need surgery. And then I said, no, I don't need surgery. In myself, I, I mean, in, in my mind, I said, I don't need surgery. And at that time, this podcast came out and then I, I figured out if he has shown that body, you know, the, the immune cells get recovered and get reprogrammed again to not being attacking your system. And he has shown that your, you know, all your organs lose weight, lose, they lose part of the, uh, of the, you know, of, of their structure, it goes away because of, of, of this beautiful system of autophagy where, where you are recycling. And whenever you eat, everything comes back to normal again. You rebuild yourself. And then I said, what if I use this for this? Because I was on a 10 out of 10 for four oh, months. For geez. four months. I could How old were you? Uh, it was 2019. Oh, wow. So it was recently. I thought it was yeah, when you were younger. Wow. Okay. And, and then I said, what if I do this with a specific goal of feeling of heal? Because the doctor said, no, you can't heal that because there's not enough blood flow to, to that tendon. And then I said, well, I'll try this. And I went from a 10 to a 4 in pain on the first one. And on the second one, the third one, the fourth one, the injury completely disappeared. So that's where I tested what he said. Medicine has changed after we have discovered that our system gets all auto repair, an auto repair mechanism that is intrinsic, and you only stimulate it when you're fasting. Ah, oh, dude. The second thing, yeah, the second thing that I, I noticed that. was uh, at that time I used to give these classes, four, hour, four and a half hour classes, where this is basically the manual of those classes that we used to teach. Now they, they go through that on, you know, online, the classes are recorded. So they go through that after the pandemic, we didn't, well, we were renting a place, we returned that. And what I remember feeling was that when I was explaining something, my brain used to go like two to three ideas forward than what my tongue was saying. And it was incredible. I, let me tell you this feeling that you have a, you know, it was like a laser on everything that you were saying, but at the same time, you were creating the sentences that were coming after what you were saying, but you were not focused, focusing on they, on the ones that you were saying, but on the creation of the ones that were coming, soon coming. Ooh, what a feeling. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like a superpower. It's all that BDNF flowing to your brain. It's like incredible, dude. And whenever I have an interview, I do a fast day, like at least 16 hours of fasting when i go into um, tv for, for interview 
your, your ideas go easier. Me too. When I speak on stages, uh, I'm usually always fast because I just feel so sharp. Speaking of which, uh, Dr. Donald Vega and myself are going to both be speaking at KetoCon this year. So if you want to hang out with us in person, go to ketocon.org. And that is the third week of April, Austin, Texas. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be there hanging out. So you can watch us and hang out with us. It's ketocon.org. My coupon code with them is KetoCamp for anybody to get 50 bucks off. So that's going to be fun. Last um, question for you, my friend is regarding my favorite supplement. And this, you, you, you talk about this supplement all the time. You, you live this supplement, my friend. It's vitamin G, and uh, it's anti-inflammatory, and you can't overdose on it, and that is the practice of a grateful heart, gratitude. So my question to you is, what are you grateful for today? Oh, today, I am grateful for this interview. And, you know, we... we talk a lot of uh, visualization and you know when you visualize things start to come in more order right because you have like a goal as I was saying you, you see something and today I woke up in the morning I was studying something about economic in independence which is a goal that all we all should have and so it was a great day. I didn't go to the gym in the morning because I wanted to focus primarily on, on a mental area. And, and then I said, I'll go to the gym after we finish our interview because I'm going to be so energized by it. So thank you for helping me with my workout. <laughs> I love that, dude. You're very, very welcome. I'm also energized, although I already worked out, so I don't think I'm going to work out again. <laughs> uh, your book, The Science of Losing Weight, you can find it on Amazon. We'll drop a link down below. Where else can I go check you out, my friend? Well, it's in Spanish, though. Uh, we have our social media. It's Philosophy. That's like this. Yeah, K-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y. Yeah, we'll put that down below, too. Yeah, they can go on TikTok which I don't like that much. Uh, <laughs> I like more Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I don't know. I, I think people on TikTok tend to be more bullies of these. Oh, yeah, for sure. I see the same thing, yeah. Calls. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyways, it's in Spanish, though. So if you want to learn Spanish, you can follow our content. <laughs> I'm sure a, lot, a large majority of my audience speak Spanish, right? Um, so, yeah, we'll put that down below. And if you're going to go to KetoCon, please say hello to... Dr. Vega and myself. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. I acknowledge you for your new book and all the incredible work that you're doing. We didn't even talk about you know, you certifying all these restaurants in Costa Rica to make sure they don't have all these toxic ingredients and all the great things. So if you live in Costa Rica or if you're traveling to Costa Rica, go visit some of those restaurants, some of those clinics. Where can they find that out if they go to Costa Rica? Where can they find all that info? Yeah, well, we are in the center part of the, of the country. It's called San Jose. And we have in some other areas, but mainly in San Jose, we have like 30 certified restaurants. Wow, and, 30. That's amazing. And they just shoot us a message and we can give you all the names of the restaurants where they have keto, clean keto, by the way, menus. We design along with them and, and, and you know, it's, it tastes great. I love that. Congrats. Uh, so everybody go reach out to Donald and what they're doing and go get the book and go check out what they're doing. So love and appreciate you, bro. Can't wait to see you in a month or so. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. 
I feel honored, truly honored by this interview. And thank you very much for helping spread the message. enjoyed that conversation. I love Dr. Vega. He's amazing. I love the mindset part. That was my favorite of today's conversation. Go get his book, The Science of Losing Weight. We'll put a link for it down below. His website is philosophy.la. His Instagram is also uh, philosophy. We'll put that down below. And all of his resources can be found down below in the podcast notes. If you want to watch the video format of today's interview, that's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ketocamp. Please consider sharing this episode with a friend and leaving it a rating and a review. If you're heading to KetoCon, you can watch Dr. Vega speak. He'll be there. I'll be there. It's going to be amazing. I hope to see you there and give you a big hug. So thank you so much for listening to the entire interview. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.